The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and you know what? Once again, I've got to thank all of you great listeners You are the best. I mean it. You are helping me change the way people think about Americans and people throughout the world with disabilities. But I I hope you know how much I appreciate your loyalty. The fact that you've been able to make this show number one for so many months is unbelievable. And you know why that is? That's because we've got an army. We have an army, and we are serious. We're not taking it anymore. We want to see change in America. And that is why, as you know, in the month of July, we celebrate the anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. I have to say, Yoshiko Dart, if you're listening, and I, dear Dart, we love you. We remember Justin every single day. I hope you know that. And talk about change. Our guest today, who, as you know, was with us for just a few minutes last week and came back for the show today, is the new executive director of Nickel and a really gracious Wonderful person. We are fortunate to have him with us for the full hour. He is truly a civil rights leader in America. Welcome to the show, Kelly Buckland. Uh, thank you, Joyce. It's an honor to be here. Well, it is an honor to have you here. And, Kelly, I know you mentioned this last week, but for those who do not know you, would you mind talking again about how you first became an advocate for Americans with Disabilities? Uh, no, not at all. And uh, as I kind of mentioned last week, I I did break my neck on July 26, 1970. So it's kind of cosmic that the can you believe it? Americans with Disabilities Act was passed or signed, I should say, 20 years later uh, on the anniversary of me uh, becoming disabled. So that was kind of interesting. And uh, so maybe that was a mess. And excuse me, Kelly, were you in an accident? Uh, a diving accident. I dove into the river and broke my neck. So. Okay. Now that's so, how you became a wheelchair user. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so uh, maybe that was a sign of things to come. I'm not sure. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I was uh, living and working in a in a small town in Idaho called Burley, and uh, a man by the name of Roger Sherman was a VISTA volunteer there, and they were organizing people with disabilities to become uh, advocates and get involved in uh, changing uh, policies on local levels. And so uh, he got me involved in a local group, and we worked on, you know, getting curb cuts in place and uh, city hall accessible so that we could attend hearings there and that kind of thing. And then uh, got involved in doing some state legislative work uh, on voting access for people with disabilities. And uh, at that point, I kind of got hooked on the public policy stuff, and so. Uh, then became a center director not too long after that and uh, got involved with Nickel and attended my first Nickel conference in 1989. And we marched on the White House to get uh, President Bush uh, to sign uh, or to support the uh, passage of the ADA. And that just kind of got me hooked when I was done with the Nickel uh, march and rally and conference. I just hooked into independent living and have been involved ever since. Wow. That is amazing. That that whole story is so amazing. I want to ask you a question, uh, Kelly. Did people treat you differently, people that you knew, after you were in a chair? Uh, yeah, I was treated differently by my, uh, by my neighbors and by uh, 
people in my community, mostly uh, teachers in my school, treated me differently. Uh, I'm happy to say my friends didn't really treat me any differently. They really uh, treated me pretty much the same as they always had, and uh, my my parents uh, treated me. I have to say, treated me pretty much the same too. They wanted me to do everything uh, that I could for myself, and wanted me to uh, basically. They had the same expectations of me that they did their other children, and so it was. Uh, I wasn't treated differently by them or my friends, but people in the community certainly treated me differently. Uh, I had some trouble in school with one of my uh, teachers because my uh, wheelchair in the snow in the wintertime when they were helping me up the steps uh, would get snow in the spokes and then that would melt on the floor and he didn't like that. So he wanted me out of school and my mother actually had to do some uh, advocacy with the principal and the, the superintendent. But Well, you know what? First of all, when you said your friends treated you the same, that's because they were really friends. Because what I tell young high school students with disabilities who tell me they are bullied or, you know, people treat them differently, you know, after they're in a chair and don't want to be around them, they're friends. I remind them, well, they were never your friends. Because a friend is the same no matter what. Obviously, you also have awesome parents from how you describe this. Oh, absolutely. I had great parents and great a great family for that matter. My uh, not just my parents, but my uh, siblings, my three sisters, and my uh, extended family, grandparents, and uncles and aunts. Okay, well, listen, we're live on Twitter, Facebook, we're everywhere with this show. So here's the first question for you, uh, Kelly, and it is from Maine, from a Mary, and the question is. What gave you the inspiration after you had an accident to be, still be confident and not give up on yourself? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I really think it was my parents. I mean, I think they really uh, taught me not to not to do that, not to give up, and to have be confident in myself and know that I could do anything I wanted to. And so, I really think it was my parents that gave me a lot of that. And then uh, an encouragement of family and friends, too. I think that also helped. So, And then get, also, you know, just getting a few successes under your belt never hurts either. So, Yeah, there's nothing like going out and trying to live the same. Exactly. You know, the, it is often friends, family, and then, of course, yourself. that gives you confidence about, you know, what you're doing. Uh, but, again, for people with disabilities listening to this show, I wanted you to tell them what is nickel and what are some of the major issues you're dealing with at this time for people with disabilities. Well, we uh, we are the National Council on Independent Living. We were formed about 27 years ago. Uh, there were some uh, – there was about 10 – Centers for Independent Living that were funded under a demonstration project in the Rehab Act, and some of those early directors got together and decided that we should have a uh, national organization uh, representing independent living and the rights of people with disabilities in D.C. And they formed Nickel, and you know some of those names are very familiar to people: Judy Human. Uh, Max Starkloff, Marco Bristow, you know, the folks that everybody know and admire were part of uh, starting the original organization. And uh, since then, we've just grown and grown. And we uh, now there are, like, I think there's around 600 centers for independent living in the country. And uh, the, we also have those members, uh, state independent living councils, uh, individuals, and and then or, other organizations that support our mission that not, aren't necessarily independent living. And uh, so we have about a 1,000 people as members right now. Um, so we've been working on human and civil rights stuff uh, for the past 27 years. And some of the stuff that we've worked on, obviously, is the Rehab Act, the uh, 
Americans with Disabilities Act, and other laws that affected the rights of people with disabilities. And um, recently, obviously, the one that we're working on, probably the hardest right now, is health care reform, because that's really the topic that's uh, getting the most interest and getting the most attention in Congress right now. Um, we've been trying to make sure that the Community Choice Act and Class Act get incorporated into the health care reform stuff that's being drafted in Congress right now. Uh, unfortunately, now what, what year did you say nickel got started? Uh, 27 years ago. So 27 years ago. And how many members did you say you have right now? About 1,000. 1,000. Yeah. Well, hopefully, Kelly, by the time you're done, you'll have tens of thousands. Exactly. I mean, the more people that get involved the better we have a chance of making a difference. And as you said, I know you're very involved right now with health care reform because Senator Harkin talked about that. Exactly. And then another thing that, you know, we've been working on that's in the news like today uh, is, and I've been watching the, the confirmation hearing, is the uh, confirmation of Judge uh, Sotomayor. Yes. Because uh, she's a person with a disability, and that would be great to have somebody who knows about disability issues and is a person with disability on the Supreme Court. It would be awesome. And I, too, throughout the day had been watching this. I mean, to have uh, the President of the United States say, here's a person that was told they could not do things because they had diabetes, and look at them now. They've overcome the challenge. Oh, this is what it's all about. People being told they can't do something you know, because of their disability, and look what she is going for, Supreme Court justice. It just doesn't get better than that. Uh, absolutely historic. Yeah. That's, that's and and as you said also, to have uh, someone with a disability understanding our issues would be so fantastic. Absolutely. Let me make it clear, everyone. I know she would be impartial. That is your question. Yes, she would be. Hey, we'll be right back from break. If you just joined us, we have with us today Kelly Buckland, the executive director of Nickel. We'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. This month is our month. This is the anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, the 19th year. Can you believe it? And we are spending this entire month 
remembering the signing of the ADA and what it does mean to all of us. All of us, meaning people with disabilities, but always remember, as Tony Quello says, the ADA is also your insurance when you are not disabled. And isn't that the truth? That is so true, even though you forget to think about it. Hey, uh, Kelly, something I was talking about just today at lunchtime with my staff was how Nickel has worked so hard for so many years getting people out of nursing homes. I remember when I, oh, this is way back, when I went to this event in Pittsburgh with Three Rivers uh, Center for Independent Living, and they were having this huge celebration because they had got uh, been able to get this gentleman with a disability out of the nursing home. And he had been there for years, and now he would be living on his own. It was just such a triumphant celebration. But I know that you have been involved with that for a long time, uh, and I also know that connects with the Community Choice Act that Senator Harkin talked about. Can you explain that to our listeners? Oh, yeah, well, uh, Nickel has worked a long time on that. In fact, uh, that's probably one of the founding things about uh, Nickel and independent living, quite frankly, is you know people being able to live where they want to live. And so uh, that typically is not in an institution or a nursing home. Uh, I was in a nursing home when I was uh, when I was nineteen. I I had to move. To, I moved to Boise, Idaho, to go to college because uh, that's I knew I wasn't going to be working on the farm. So I went to college, and uh, I was so I was living in a nursing home, and I moved or I went to college during the day, and then back to the nursing home at night, and uh, I did that for nine months until I got out. And I can tell you, it's one of the worst experiences of my life was staying in the nursing home. So. Uh, not only is Nickel as an organization committed to it, but uh, I personally am also committed to it. And uh, That is an unbelievable story. I didn't know that, Kelly, but, boy, talk about knowing what it's like. I mean, yeah. that is an unbelievable example. You are such such a good person to be speaking about this. Been there, done that, so you know how horrifying it is. Yeah, back then, you know, there were no community supports, so... There was no option, and uh, we've come a long way since then. I mean, there, we've come a long way since 1974, but uh, we have so far to go. There's so many thousands of people who are still stuck in nursing facilities and other institutions that it's really, uh, it's really going to be a, a shame, and, and quite honestly, I think uh, criminal if they do health care reform, and they don't address long-term care issues like the Community Choice Act. And do you want to explain what that would do for everyone to our listeners, Kelly? Yeah, well, the Community Choice Act is pretty simple in what it does. It, it uh, Right now, if you have a Medicaid program in your state, they have to provide nursing home uh, care to you, but they don't have to provide the same option in the community and that's really what community choice the community choice act does it gives people a choice between nursing homes and other institutions and living in the community and see something that i spoke to um john lancaster about once when he was on our show and something i want to point out to all of our listeners is people get in their mind sometimes when they think of a nursing home they surely don't think of a 19-year-old being in the nursing home. They think of only elderly people, you know, uh, like 80, 90, 95 years old being in a nursing home, but they don't realize that young people and middle-aged people with disabilities are also in nursing homes. Correct? That's correct. That's correct. People don't usually think that in those terms. And then what, the other thing that... I mean, regardless of somebody's age, they still shouldn't have to experience what they do in nursing homes. But uh, one of the things that also I hear all the time from people is, well, I can't take care of them any longer myself, so 
so I'm going to have to move them into an assisted living or a nursing home, or which to me is like they, they never even consider the option of bringing somebody into their home and helping them stay there, which always kind of uh, surprises me that nobody even thinks of that. I know. That's very disturbing, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. It's very disturbing. Uh, you know, and I know, I'll tell you, when after Katrina, I remember how many calls were made offering beds, and they were all in nursing homes. And I guarantee you some of those people are still there. Yep. Which is, which is just so disgusting. So just so you understand this, if you have, or have you know, a person with Medicaid and a disability, nursing home is happy to take you because it's all paid for. But see, to live on your own, that's not paid for. So you've got to understand we need this Community Choice Act, but I want you to know that Nickel has been on this for years, moving people out of what they call prison into their own life, and I have always thought that was so wonderful. So, uh, Kelly, uh, I wanted to ask you this, Kelly. If someone wants to make a donation to Nickel, how do they do that? Well, they can either mail it to us, at uh, 1710 uh, Rhode Island Street Northwest in Washington, D.C., or they can go on our website, which is uh, www.ncil.org, and uh, make a donation on the website. One more time? You want to go over that one more time? Sure. They can uh, either mail it to us here at the office, which is uh, 1710 Rhode Island Northwest in Washington, D.C., uh, fifth floor, or uh, they can go onto our website, which is www.ncil.org, and make a donation on the website. Okay, here is uh, another question live coming in for you from Tony in Philadelphia, saying, uh, you know, Mr. Buckland, first of all, thank you for everything you are doing. What I don't understand and what is perplexing to me is why is it that people do not understand this whole issue of nursing homes versus choice? Why is that not more well-known in the media? And that's Tony. Tony, uh I wished I knew the answer to that question because if I did, I would uh, do something more more direct about it. But uh, it's really interesting to me. I think the point that you make is a good one in, in that it's in the media. And the media just doesn't cover this at all. And I don't know why. I, I've seen several things on the Today Show, which they could they had perfect opportunities to talk about this and never did. All they did was talk about going into nursing homes or other institutions. So I do not know why. Well, I will, I'll tell you one thing, though. You know, I read an article about this, and I just want to say that what I wrote an article about is how we have, as Andy Imperato calls it, the silent you know, majority. We have 50, over 50 million Americans with disabilities. Our problem is we do not work together. Because if we worked together and had one voice, none of this would be happening. Let me tell you, we'd be the number one platform for every presidential candidate with that many people. But the problem is there's too much worrying about territorial funding and who's going to get this from whom. I and mean, we've got to get over that. We've got to get to the place where we work together because surely... This is a tragedy in America that you should be seeing everywhere on the news, all the time. I mean, it, to me, that is just terrible. But you can do something about it, folks. You can write in. You can write to your newspaper. You can write an editorial. You can write for the ops page. You can call your radio station. You can call everyone everywhere and tell them, hey, how about doing a story about this? We want to see a story about what goes on with lobbying behind the scenes to allow something like this to happen in America. That's what I think we should do. 
And that's why what Nickel is doing is so important. And I would encourage you to make a donation to Nickel and get behind them. Just go to nickel.ncil.org, read what they're talking about, read their news alerts, make a donation because they are our voice. They are trying to do something about this. And we'll talk about that even more when we come back with Kelly Buckland as we celebrate the 19th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. As I said before, Yoshiko, we love you. We love Idear. We love Justin. We love all of you. We remember him. And we'll talk about that when we come back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back with Kelly. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. (laughs) Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at foreignlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show as we celebrate the 19th anniversary of the signing of the ADA. You know, right before I went to break, I was talking to um, Kelly, and then we talked at break about how much we miss Justin Dart. And I want to tell all you young people with disabilities, if you didn't know him, you missed a great general. You missed the king of civil rights. You missed someone that really paved the way for so much that we do today. Uh, but i got to tell you one thing. When I think about Justin, I think about unity. I think about peace. I think about love. And I think about passion and power. Uh, but unfortunately for me, I didn't know him as well and as long as Kelly did. So as we are celebrating the 19th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, I think it would only be appropriate that we spend a little bit of time remembering Justin Dart. And, Kelly, how did you know him? 
Well, I had the the honor and the privilege of it, you know Justin when he did his fifty state tour when he went around to all of the states and and uh, gathered uh, stories from people with disabilities about how they had been discriminated against and was uh, basically uh, documenting the need for the Americans with Disabilities Act. Uh, I had the honor and privilege of being able to pick Justin up at the airport and taking him to his hotel and uh, then uh, spending some time with him the following day when he was taking testimony from people. And then we also were able to convince him to come out to Idaho a few more times for other things. And uh, he came out when he was campaigning for uh, Bill Clinton. Um, and so, and I got to pick him up at the airport a few more times and spend a little time with Justin. Not that much, but a little bit with him and Yoshiko. And it was just a very special moment that I was able to do that. Oh, I'll tell you what. Um you know, he just was unbelievable. I mean, you know, I, of course, when you think of Justin, you think of the hat, the cowboy hat, you think of the boots. Uh, but what I think of the most is just unbelievable love for everyone, unbelievable humility. You know, and Yoshika is the same way. All you have to do, and you know Justin was this way, is tell him, anything good about what he's doing, and he would want to thank other people. You know what I mean, Kelly? Yep, I do. And I just, you know, uh, he he always came to Nickel. He was always a, a big supporter of Nickel, and I really, uh, really miss Justin dearly. He, he was such a great man and such a great uh, inspiration to everybody that he, whenever he talked, people went away feeling... Uh, empowered from what he had said, you know. And you're talking about his hat. It reminded me, I was, uh, because I'm still unpacking stuff here, uh, I just unpacked, like, at his funeral, they passed out these chocolate cowboy hats, and I still have mine, and I unpacked it and put it in a special place here in my office to remember Justin By plus some other things that he had given me in the in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, those bookmarkers. You have the, you have power. Live the dream. I love you, Justin Dart. You know he he just as you said, what a great leader, what a great man. And I always tell Yoshika, I believe his spirit is still with us. But you know, if you're li- for those of you listening today, you know what the thing was about Justin. He could bring everyone together. He could bring groups together. And once again. I also believe in that. I believe if we would get over all of our hang-ups about funding and territorial this and territorial that and work together, we would be able to do so much more. And, you know, if you don't know about Justin Dart, you need to go to Google, put his name in there, and read about him because we need to remember our history just as other groups remember their history. Justin Dart, Jr., what a great man. Uh, Kelly, speaking of young people, many young people with disabilities today are not encouraged to be independent. Now, what do you do at Nickel to help in that area? Well, I I think we've, we have a lot more we could be doing, and, uh, and I think we do try, but I, just, I do think that there's uh, a lot more that we could be doing to encourage younger people get involved, both in Nickel and in, in the disability rights movement in general. And uh, we we have done a few things. Like we we try to bring uh, younger people to our annual conference, which, as I mentioned before, is kind of how I got hooked at Nickel. And uh, I think a lot of young people who do come, if they go to the march and the rally, they become Nickel supporters. And uh, I also think that the more that Nickel can work with the National Youth uh, Disability Network uh, with uh, Betsy, uh, the better that we are. And then Nickel really does uh, hire a lot of younger people here and uh, try to mentor them on, like AAPD does. And uh, so, but there is a there is a challenge, I think, and that is uh, those of us who 
have been in the movement for a long time, uh, grew up in an era where people didn't have rights, didn't have the ADA, and uh, we're now dealing with a generation who grew up in a rights-bearing world where they did have rights. And so uh, I think they see the world differently than we do, in a sense, too, and that we need to learn better how they view the world in order to get them more encouraged and more involved. Yes, I agree with you because our young people are our future. We need our young people with to get involved. You have to understand that disability is not a medical condition. It's a culture of people. And you know what? Young people, young people have the energy, the power, and are so innovative and can really make a difference. Okay, so here we go, live with Todd from the Maryland area. And Todd's question is, Kelly, what would you say is the number one thing you hope to accomplish at Nickel? Well, I, Todd, that's a good question. Uh, there are so many things I want to accomplish at Nickel, but uh, I think probably the one most important thing I'd like to do is really grow the organization, as Joyce uh, mentioned earlier, into a much larger and more more powerful uh, organization that has a more powerful voice on the Hill than we do. Nickel has a powerful voice on the Hill already, but I think it could really be uh, I think it could really be uh, made much stronger. And so that's one thing I would really like to do is make our voice much more heard up on the hill. Uh, and then there's, you know, a personal uh, issue of mine has always been an issue around uh, parenting with a disability. And, Joyce, this is something uh, that kind of relates back to the last question that you asked, and that is I don't think it's just younger people with disabilities that we need to get involved either. My my son, who uh, and there weren't a lot of parents with disabilities in the older uh, or in, uh, in the past because a lot of people didn't survive or didn't have the opportunity to have children or were mandatory sterilized or whatever. We didn't have as many parents with disabilities as we do today. And I really think that children who uh, are grow up in a home like my son Rodney uh, with my wife and, and my wife Merle and I really do grow up understanding disability issues very, very well and want to be uh, great advocates for people. So uh, I would like to get those people involved, too. And I'd uh, like to see Nickel do something to uh, get a national uh, protection for parents with disabilities from having their children removed for no other reason than the fact that they have a disability. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. And that just shows you the thinking, the thinking of what they think about people with disabilities, When even when you say that. And, um, and I agree with you. I think those are all important issues. But one thing I want to say, again, if you're listening to the show, how do you become a member again of Nickel? How do you become a member? Well, anybody is welcome to join, and you can join on the website, uh, which, again, is www.ncil. Dot org and uh, join up. It's $35, and uh, uh, if you can't afford the $35, we'll negotiate with you. So it's easy to become a member, and then that, that allows you then to become involved in nickel committees and get involved in uh, really deep into the advocacy stuff that nickel's working on. And why I'm bringing that up is if you're listening... You know, we all want people to help us, but to do that, we've got to work together. So I have an idea here. Why don't you join Nickel? You know, you heard it's only $35. We spend that on so many things, and you know it. But it is so beneficial to have someone that's out there advocating for us. Just as I said earlier today, oh, if it were you, and you had a terrible automobile accident, and you had no one to help you and you were put in a nursing home, wouldn't you be thankful that there is an organization like Nickel? I know I would, and I'm sure you would. But how you can help them 
is by either making a financial donation but also joining. Come on. With all these million, millions and millions of Americans with disabilities, it's ludicrous to not do something. So, you know, please take advantage, join, do something that's going to help you improve your own quality of life. I know as a woman with epilepsy and as the chair of the Epilepsy Foundation, you don't know how thankful I am that I have affiliates, that I have the national office, and that I have board members out there every day trying to make a difference in this area. I'm not alone. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Son, we got to talk about drinking. Uh, I know. I don't want you touching alcohol till you're old enough. Yeah, I, I know, Dad. It's not a big deal. Don't, yeah, I know me, okay? And it is a big deal. Underage drinking is just stupid. Yeah, well, why'd you do it? Look, I did it because we didn't know what we know now. Alcohol affects kids differently, okay? When kids drink, it's more dangerous. And you're my kid. And just because they drink doesn't mean you have to. I, I know. I know. Look, son, I'm trying to help. I've seen what it does. I mean, you may think you can handle it, but when you drink, it screws up your judgment. Listen to me. This is real. I, I know, okay? I know. Teenagers know everything. So talk about underage drinking before they know it all. Before they're teens. Start talking before they start drinking. And keep talking. To learn more about the dangers of underage drinking and what to say to your kids, go to StopAlcoholAbuse.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much. Unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really bad. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. What can I say? Did I ever tell you that we have really good producers at Voice America because I had a little coughing episode there where I couldn't even talk. In case you wondered what happened with that short, abrupt goodbye, that's what happened, but they knew what happened, so they went to break. Uh, but uh, we're back now <clears throat> with Kelly Buckland, the new executive director of Nickel. And, you know, we've been talking about the ADA, the anniversary of the ADA. How about you, Kelly? What plans, does Nickel have any plans for the 20th anniversary? Oh, uh, well, of course. we Our, uh, our conference, as you may know, is uh, in July. And next year it's going to be July 19th through the 22nd. So it's going to be right up against the anniversary of the ADA. So I'm sure... Uh, we're going to have a lot of stuff uh, organized around the conference that's around the 20th anniversary of the ADA. So there will be a lot of stuff around that. So I would just say 
kind of keep your eyes and ears open. And then there's, you know, there's a lot of other uh, groups that are uh, planning events around the, the 20th anniversary of the ADA. So we're going to uh, we're going to try to coordinate. Well, as you said, you know, we're going to try to uh, work with the other groups and have a powerful voice together on that day because it's going to be significant. 20 years. I think we need to look back on what we've accomplished over the last 20 years, and then look and see what it is that we still need to accomplish uh, in the next 20 years. <clears throat> and you know that one of the things I'll be talking about we need to accomplish is employment, because that's what I'm all about. Sadly, we're not there yet. We have a long way to go, but we will be celebrating the good things that happen. And... <clears throat> That's the Epilepsy Foundation. That's the American Association of People with Disabilities. That's all of the groups, such as Nickel, working together to make a difference. Um, I saved this for toward the end, but we do have a question from Tim in Kansas. And the question is, what was your most memorable event or episode that occurred when the ADA was signed? Uh, the White House was, signing. When it was signed. Uh, mm -hmm. The day it was signed at the White House. It would have to be Justin. I mean, it just has to be Justin there on the podium with the president as he was signing it. I, that's the thing. I, I don't think about the signing of the ADA without thinking about that. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. And you were there that day. Were you there, Kelly? I wasn't able to come for it, I, and it's one of the things that I'm uh, probably the saddest about is I wasn't able to be there. Well, I wasn't either. <clears throat> so we have uh, that in common, and that's probably why every time I have someone on the show that was there, I have them tell me another story, something, just something that they remember. I know later this month that uh, Andy Imperato and Tony Quello, the author of the ADA, uh, will be on the show. But, uh, you know, it is through everyone else that we get so many great stories. And that's so important for us to celebrate our own culture and to remember what happened. And speaking of which, Kelly... <clears throat> Everyone that's ever been on this show, I've asked these last two questions for the past five years, and here it is. Uh, you've had many accomplishments in your life already, from reading your bio, and now look, look at you now, Executive Director of Nickel, a national organization. My question is, what do you consider your proudest accomplishment? <clears throat> you know, and, and the, I've been asked this question before, and I've answered it, and I'm going to answer it the same way. I think the thing that I'm the most proud of is uh, in Idaho, we we were able to pass legislation that protected the rights of parents with disabilities, and it's and it's kind of fitting to talk about this because we pulled a lot of the language from the Americans with Disabilities Act uh, that prohibits discrimination based upon disability. And we put it into the child custody laws so that uh, people with disabilities cannot be discriminated against in adoption, in divorce, separation, uh, child protection, or termination of parental rights. And uh, Idaho and Alaska, uh, Idaho and Kansas are the really <coughs> only two states that have done any work around this thing. And, I, and quite honestly, I think in the disability movement, it's something that's been uh, sadly overlooked. Because you should not have to live in Kansas or in Idaho to have your rights as a parent with a disability protected. And thousands of people with disabilities lose their children every year just due to the fact they have a disability. And I think uh, my proudest accomplishment was protecting the rights of parents with disabilities in Idaho. <clears throat> and that is a great thing that you will always remember. I mean, that, that is, that is a wonderful thing. That is something to be so proud of. Um, and as you also said, <clears throat> it is too bad that 
this movement, the disability movement, is not recognized for what it should be. But, hey, we can make that change one person at a time. So, Kelly, you're the new leader of Nickel, so I'm going to count on you to help make that change. I'll do my best. Well, if you do your best, I know it will be fantastic. Um, Okay, before we leave today, Kelly, what message would you like to leave with our listeners? Oh, I think if uh, if I have to leave you with a message, it's it's got to be the things that you talked about, Joyce, and uh, that is that we all need to work together, and we all need to overcome some of the uh, things that we are fighting for right now. Uh, and I would leave you with this thought: you need to do what you can. Call your representatives. Call your senators. Call anybody you can that can make a difference, and let's get the Community Choice Act passed. This in this congressional session. That's it. <clears throat> Remember, we can't sit back. People with disabilities, don't sit back. We've got to take action. We have to be the change. We have to get out there and make it happen because that's the only way it will happen. No one's going to do it for us. <clears throat> Kelly, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been my pleasure, Joyce. Thank you okay. for having me. Oh, it's been our pleasure. And again, Kelly Buckland is the new executive director of the National Council on Independent Living, www.ncil.org. Make sure you check it out, and let's all be supportive of Kelly. Let's get behind Nickel. Let's help him make those changes. And we end the show with a quote all the time from a famous civil rights leader. Well... You know, Justin Dart would always say, lead on. Lead on no matter what. But when I get these emails and notes today, these wonderful notes that I save from his wife, Yoshiko, she says, lead on, lead on no matter what. Then she goes through all these other little things she writes, so I'm going to say it back to her. Ready? Lead on no matter what. Yoshiko power. That's what I say. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management.